Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to The Men of Valor Program. Uh, today, Randy, on a beautiful fall day here in uh, beautiful downtown Eden Prairie, Minnesota. We, <laughs> I'm thinking of the Johnny Carson <laughs> reference. <laughs> beautiful downtown Burbank. Burbank. Uh, it is a beautiful day here in Minnesota, and we are continuing our series that we're going to follow for a while on the Psalms and the Proverbs. And uh, we're occasionally going to throw a guest in here, too, I think, now that we have capability to uh, get them on the phone. So we're looking forward to the fall and, and uh, continuing to uh, pursue, the uh, right now anyway, the book of, of Psalms. It's a little known fact, uh, uh, probably only known to me, Mark, that fall is my favorite season. This weather that we currently have with uh, clear blue skies and uh, cool temperatures at night, which is ideal for sleeping weather, right, right. you know, and during the course of the day, you've got the highs maybe at 70, uh, somewhere between 60 to 70, and it's uh, just a really comfortable, low humidity time of year, of course, mm-hmm. coupled with uh, the arrival of college and professional football. It's just, um, mm-hmm. it always strikes me as as a very kind of, upbeat time of year. I, yeah. I really like it because it's such a comfortable time mm-hmm. uh, to be out and about. And uh, So anyway, I'm, I always applaud the arrival of fall. No, I like fall too for all the reasons you mentioned. I think it's, uh, it's a great season for sports. It's a great season for temperatures. It's a, it's a great season to fly an airplane. I'll yeah, tell, I'll you, tell that. you that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Uh, because it's you know this like this morning the the skies were crystal blue and and the temperature was yeah it would have been just an absolutely fantastic day to be up there but here we are doing the show well and it's a great day to be doing the show that's right so today uh, actually you picked this one out so do you want to introduce Psalm ninety one well I can uh, when we introduced the series last week uh, on Psalms we started with Psalm twenty three. And so you said, hey, take a look between now and this week to see if I one jumped out at me. And I, I found Psalm 91, uh, Abiding in the Shadow of the Almighty. Uh, and the psalm starts off, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the foul, <laughs> fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. And, and that's just the four, you know, the first four, uh, the first four verses, verses yeah. uh, of it. But, but it goes on, and it just mm. says some things that I, I think speaks to our audience primarily of men. Uh, of course, we have lots of uh, the wives listening as well, but it's, uh, it struck me as an encouragement. Uh, as an encouragement, just knowing that mm-hmm. the Lord is my refuge throughout uh, throughout our lives and throughout whatever's happening in our lives, whatever those struggles and challenges might be, uh, it is so reassuring to be remembering a psalm like this. Yeah. Well, I I was looking at it again this morning, and uh, I, I, I would need to double-check this, but I'm almost positive this is the psalm behind the great hymn, 
that Martin Luther wrote called A Mighty Fortress is Our God. I mean, if you look at the first stanza that, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, a bulwark never failing, our helper who amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. Uh, I could go on with that, but do you get the idea that this was evidently a very uh, favorite psalm of uh, Martin Luther? And I think one of the reasons it must have been is because he struggled, uh, according to biographies I've read, with a great deal of anxiety and fear. Mm -hmm. So he was obviously German, and uh, as a half-German myself, I struggle with a lot of anxiety, and I think that uh, uh, I could see where a, where a kind of a, it's almost like it's, it's in part militaristic, but it's definitely an encouragement that God is our protector, he's on our side. I, I was just noticing now the, the verse about feathers, and it strikes me that that's what kind of birds do, don't they? I mean, they cover their young in they the do. nest they, with feathers. That they do. They, uh, they wrap their young under their wings, right? Yeah, well, I think that uh, this psalm is all about protection. I like verse 5. You stop there uh, so far. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. I do think that uh, how many of the people listening have what we would call night terrors? Right. Uh, uh, I know uh, several of the men that I've been talking to this week were complaining about waking up in the middle of the night, uh, you know, having dreams. Uh, it's not so much that they're afraid of the dark, but that uh, the darkness and the stillness brings... Uh, back uh, memories of harm from their earlier life. And uh, sometimes the nights are kind of hard to get through for a lot of people. Well, and and especially hard to fall back to sleep, mm-hmm. you know, which really leaves you very restless. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and in the morning, uh, instead of uh, arising rested, you, you feel like you've been through turmoil and, and mm-hmm. stress throughout the night. That's right. So I think... Uh, Maybe we should take our break at the moment, and then when we come back, let's read a little bit more of the psalm, and let's maybe even talk a little practically about you know what the words of it might mean to all of us. That sounds like a fine idea. You are listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, 
Visit us today at FaithfulAndTrue.com to learn more. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, uh, I think uh, to some extent we must be revealing that we are uh, TV addicts or something because uh, uh, we are keeping up with uh, a number of different shows at this point. Um, I think we played that hand, we showed that hand <laughs> yeah. uh, over the past uh, four years or so uh, yeah. quite predominantly. Well, anyway, so Debbie and I haven't watched this show for several years now, but for some reason the other night we must have had nothing else on and so we turned on dancing with the stars and uh i was reminded of why we don't watch watch anymore (laughs) well it's uh you know debbie and i you know love to do uh ballroom dancing and we've taken dance lessons over the years that's how we got started watching the show in the first place but uh I think over the years, even the costumes have gotten even more salacious, and uh, they, they've always got a uh, a participant, a star or two, uh, that's uh, primarily women, I think, who are just really sexually kind of aggressive almost. The, uh, this year, there's some woman from Shark Tank, I forget her name, but she's got to be 60, 70 years old, and she's paired up with one of the young black dancers and she is just making one sexual innuendo and overture after the other. And uh, uh, so anyway, we eventually turned it off. I think we turned to it because the twins were losing or something like that. (laughs) Which is equally (laughs) as hard to watch. Yeah, but I'm just saying that even though this is on at prime time, 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time, it is, uh, you know, really for the most part a completely inappropriate show. And once again, you know, it makes us stop and wonder, have our sensitivities towards inappropriate uh, imagery, you know, gotten to the point that we overlook all of this? Yeah. You know, it's just like your uh, longstanding example of being at the drugstore, awaiting your turn at the cashier, and the uh, the magazine covers that are mm-hmm. on display in front of you. Have we beca- have our senses become so dulled that we don't even notice how scantily clad, yeah. you know, the uh, the people in front of magazines are? And I think that shows like Dancing with the Stars. There's a certain ex- aspect there where they're trying to draw in an audience, and how do they draw in that audience mm-hmm. by featuring attractive people doing pro- provocative dances uh, in mm-hmm. revealing costumes? Yeah, that's basically the formula, I think, and. Uh... The, don't get me wrong, the dancing can be quite good, and, you know, it's interesting to see, although, you know, at least the ballroom style that, that we learned, uh, when they announce whatever dances they're doing, you'd be hard to recognize the steps that we learned. So, but anyway, so that's our trigger of the week for this week. And I think it ties into the psalm because, you know, let's say you are channel surfing one night and you kind of stumble across something, some show like that, and and uh, it would be like... You know, the psalm is describing that uh, there are slings and arrows of the the evil one, the snares, I think it's referred to as. And, uh, you know, there's just lots of things out there in the world uh, that will attack us. I thought you were referring to verse 5, you will not fear the terror of the night. (laughs) That's when the show's on. Yeah, that's Uh, true. Nor the arrows that uh, fly by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. 
A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Yeah, well, obviously David here is uh, a military guy. I mean, he is, uh, you know, kind of talking some in military language. A thousand may fall, ten thousand may fall, you know, but nothing will come near you. I'm saying in our modern culture, what are the slings, what are the arrows, what are the attacks? You know, what are the things that uh, sneak up on us? What are the things that, yeah, maybe we've become desensitized to that we don't even notice, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's upon us. The the, the truth that I believe in from this this psalm and, you know, many other, many other scripture references is that, you know, there is a spiritual warfare out there. I think this is uh, one of the things with this psalm we, we, we need to be aware of. Uh, I occasionally remember some lines uh, from sermons from my from my dad, and uh, one of the ones that I remember is uh, Satan's greatest lie to us is that he does not exist. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm here to tell you he does exist, and he he does attack. He does come after us. And, and you don't have to look far to find him. Oh no, you don't. Uh, and. Uh, so, you know, a psalm like this is comforting that, you know, again, in that spiritual warfare, Satan and all his legions, you know, uh, we do have uh, God on our side. And we're reminded that as we go on in this psalm yeah. uh, at number nine, uh, verse nine, if you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent for he will command the angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift up you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent because he loves me, says the Lord. Yeah, so I like the reference to the angels. Uh, I guess it's also a reference back to the uh, feathers part, you know, not so much birds, but the feathers of angels and the angels' wings that are protecting us. And, uh, you know, we've talked before about the fact that there are times of great trouble, distress in all of our lives when it does seem like uh, angels in human form uh, show up. And uh, so uh, I do think that in this spiritual warfare, uh, you know, I was just, well, you know, to finish that, in the spiritual warfare, there, there, God is on our side. He is protecting us. He will send angels. One of the things I always notice about the catastrophes that we're having throughout the world right now, we have uh, yesterday a, uh, a major earthquake in Mexico. Uh, we have uh, the ongoing effects of uh, Hurricane Harvey in Houston and Irma in Florida and now Maria in uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, and one of the things we always notice at these times is how much people come out to uh, support each other. To uh, I was watching a story the other day that uh, some people showed up to help this one woman clear off the debris and so forth in her front lawn, and and uh, she didn't even know who they were. They they <laughs> they were just there to help uh, protect her. So uh, I think we all have the potential. I think this is an important point uh, to be uh, to be angels. And, and help others when we can, and to uh, 
benefit from the angels all around us. I mean, uh, so let's not be afraid. I mean, Satan and all his legions are around, but I do think that the God and his army of angels is also around us to protect us. This, this psalm goes on in a very encouraging uh, form, Mark. Uh, what, I, what drew me to it again was uh, in, in uh, verse 14, Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. Mm-hmm. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Yeah, that, that's the ultimate, isn't that it? That is the ultimate, isn't it? Yeah. Well, long life uh, in this world is not nearly as important as long life in the next. <laughs> it's, a much long, it's a much longer <laughs> much life. Much longer life. Yeah. yeah, but I do think that uh, one of the things I was, you know, thinking about practically is, again, to emphasize to our listeners that they spend time in uh, some kind of daily devotion or meditation, um, not just always Bible study or not just uh, necessarily reading a, um, a meditation book or something like that. But but when you, when you look at this and countless other places in Scripture, it basically always talks about calling on the name of the Lord. And how many of us do that on a daily basis? Uh, uh, in our quiet time, our devotional time, our meditation time, whatever we're facing on a given day, you know, let's call upon him in the morning so that, uh, you know, he'll, uh, we can be aware that he is with us throughout that day. Well, those of us that call upon him on a daily basis, and in our cases, uh, multiple times a day, um, I'm astounded by the catastrophes that you just mentioned a minute ago, yeah. how many people are suddenly reaching out to him who yeah. aren't usual right. uh, uh, right. requesters, you know, uh, devastation and natural catastrophes like these uh, hurricanes seem to awaken people's senses uh, and realize the importance of of understanding that the Lord governs their life. Yeah, and I think also we need to be uh, sharing all of that with uh, our community, uh, our uh, our accountability groups. Uh, I, I think partly uh, accountability groups are the angels that surround us at times. And I think, uh, you know, a cord of uh, three strands is never broken, uh, or two strands, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do think that uh, we call upon the name of the Lord, and, you know, worship is when we call upon the name of the Lord together, and I do think in our recoveries, uh, if we're going to withstand the the spiritual warfare around sexuality, uh, we need to be uh, uh, calling on the name of the Lord together. Well, it is you so eloquently uh, state when you have the men come for the Men of Valor workshop, many men arrive here not understanding the power and importance of having accountability partners. And by the time that they leave here after the three days of the workshops, they have a brand new list of uh, friends and accountability partners in their phone. Yeah. And there's nothing more powerful in your time of need than uh, than having these angels to turn to. Yeah, I I, I got to conclude with uh, this story because it happened last week. Okay, uh, I love current stories. Yeah, well... Exactly to this point, uh, and it's about spiritual warfare, and it's about uh, uh, God's protection, I think. We have a man in our Tuesday night group who 
Uh, I know he wouldn't mind me talking about his story, but I'm not going to name him by name. But uh, when he first came to us, he had recently gotten out of jail, and uh, he had been in jail for nine months. And the reason is, uh, as a high school teacher, uh, he had been uh, he had had sex with a 17-year-old senior girl. Obviously against the law, obviously a devastating thing, uh, obviously a, a, a terribly sinful thing. So, you know, and he, he, he did his time and uh, he got out. And I think the time in jail uh, very much humbled him and, and broke him. And that's kind of what we like to see in terms of motivation. And he's worked an absolutely profound program uh, and uh, stayed sober. Uh, he and his wife are doing quite, quite well, uh, kind of a model to a, a lot of different people. Unfortunately, about a year ago, another uh, young woman came forward and, uh, and talked about the fact that uh, she also had had a sexual relationship with him. This goes back to the year 2013, so this is like four years ago. And uh, uh, unfortunately, you know, Steve was uh, willing to admit that and uh, uh, say that it did happen. He was under the false impression, and she had actually told him that she was 18, but she was uh, about a month shy of being 18. So again, charges were pressed, and uh, he was, in fact, guilty, and so he pled guilty, and uh, uh, this past Friday morning, there was a sentencing hearing for him, and uh, uh, the state, like most states, has you know mandatory sentencing guidelines, and uh, for the level of offense that this was, uh, the mandatory sentence was uh, five years in prison, so he was looking at uh, the possibility, at least, of being led off uh, in handcuffs, you know, right there from that hearing. And uh, so, uh, you know, Steve uh, invited uh, some of, uh, or he invited anybody from his Tuesday night group that wanted to show up at this hearing, you know, to give him support uh, that he would love for that to be the case. So, and then we found out that uh, since it was a sentencing hearing, there would be those that would be allowed to testify uh, in, in his behalf, as well as, you know, the victims group that were testifying against him. And uh, so I was, I was uh, uh, amazed on Friday morning when I got out to the courthouse. I decided to go, number one, and uh, I decided to speak on his behalf because, you know, he's been a model client. His life has turned around. His life has been transformed. And uh, and I just thought it was well worth my time to drive uh, the hour out there to uh, uh, to do that. So, and when I got there, I was I was amazed to find that there was about ten of his brothers from uh, the Tuesday night group that had all shown up, and uh, two or three of them had agreed to also testify on his behalf. And what is more than that, his wife, uh, several of the wives from uh, the wives group that she's in also showed up uh, to support her. And uh, so we didn't know what the result of this was going to be. And uh, we were hoping, of course, for a much lesser sentence. And uh, I said one by one, uh, his mother-in-law testified for him. His father-in-law testified for him. Mother-in-law said, uh, when this first happened four years ago, I can honestly say I just absolutely hated what you had done, and in fact, I hated you. But today, after I've seen what you've done with your life, I love you, and I want you to know that I'm proud that you're my son-in-law. And, you know, testimonies like that, 
So, I mean, when I was looking up at her, the mother-in-law whose daughter had been, you know, betrayed here by his uh, infidelity, and she was able to say those words, I said, you know, there's an angel. Yeah. And, there were uh, a lot of angels in that courtroom. There was a lot of angels in the courtroom. Um, so, and then the result of it was that he wound up with a uh, nine-month sentence in the uh, county jail, and he gets work release, and since he works for his father-in-law, his father-in-law's arranging for him to have a 60-hour work week so he can get out of prison most of the time. And uh, uh, don't get me wrong, it's not going to be a pleasant experience, but on the other hand, he's going to get through it. And uh, I'm just, you know, there were, there were uh, you know, there was it, was, it was like the psalmist talking about, you know, the state and uh, the prosecutor. And, you know, the prosecutor uh, even said, he struck me as a, as a decent man and a fine man. And he said, you know, today I don't want to be a persecutor. I want to be a prosecutor. So the the, the sentence that actually came down was m- much less than it could have been. And, um, you know, I have to think in part it's because uh, the, the judge, uh, who also impressed me as being very wise, uh, listened to the uh, testimony and uh, realized that, uh, you know, this was a man who turned his life around already. And uh, I think she basically was as lenient uh, as she was capable of being. So all of our audience listening, we know, is a recovering audience. And I guess one of the, the things we're trying to say here is that, you know, daily, 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 many times per day, call upon the name of the Lord. He is our bulwark. And as Luther said, he is a bulwark, never failing. And call upon your community. And uh, the probably not going to get sheltered anytime soon under an angel's actual wing, but uh, there are certainly many angels around us. You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. My name is Randy Everett. I'm your co-host, and we thank you for joining us today. We hope that this coming week is going to be a week for you that is filled with many blessings and with great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.